Hello, everyone. This is Dean Vaughn from the Dean Vaughn Music Podcast Show. How you doing? I will be talking to my longtime friend, the legendary bass player, Timothy Gaines. Tim and I met in Hollywood in 1979, down on the Strip, at Gazzari's. We were both playing in different bands at the time. Um, I believe I was in Aftershock, and Tim was in White Lace. Anyway, Tim went on to play with the big rock group, Striper. Gaines has contributed to over 17 albums with the group Striper, including live performances and studio albums. Um, I think one of the albums was Soldiers Under Command. That one went gold, and To Hell with the Devil went platinum. Tim went on to play with other rock legends such as Aldenova, Richard Marks, and is now recording his new solo album. Let's bring Tim in and see what he's up to now. Yeah, but man, I listened to that whole thing. It's, it's mostly instrumental, right? I didn't hear any. It's all instrumental, yeah. Yeah. And that's you, man. You know, I always talk about No Stranger People because, you know, that was my best experience in a, in a rock band. And that was a great got, band. That was an awesome band. Tom Hardy. Yep. Joe. Tom's great. Joe. Uh, and you played with Tom Hardy in Stormer. Yeah. So and, Stormer. Did you play with... Did you play I, with him in any other bands or just Stormer? Uh, just Stormer. And then okay. uh, us, of course, when we we got back together. And like, when did we get together? 93? I think was it that? was 93. You were out of Striper for a bit. Yeah. And then you went back. I think you went back on tour, didn't you, with Striper? Yeah, 90. Yeah, let's see. I didn't go back out with them until 2000. Um, but... Uh, so yeah, we did our our thing for uh, I don't know 93, 94 and uh, we, we made some really great music. Um, I was listening to uh, no stranger. Tom sent, no stranger. Tom yeah. sent me all of the songs last night. We've been talking, and um, it kind of fell apart. I was gonna, I was gonna, well, he was gonna chime in on this this podcast. Oh great! Well, yeah, I'm hoping he still does. Okay. But um, he had something to do for a couple hours, and he's about three hours difference. You know, he's in Ohio, right? Oh, really? No. It is in Perry, Ohio, I believe it is. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing in Perry, Ohio, man? You know. And he showed me his house, picture uh-huh. of his house. And I go, could you send me a fresh copies of the No Stranger album? Because I have like a, uh, I, I had a cassette <laughs> converted over. Yeah, that's what I had, that I converted to the CD. You did? Yeah, I had cassette only. Yeah, so Tom has the actual MP3s, which I'll send to you if you want them. Yeah, cool. I don't know where he got them, but they're clean. They're like right out of the studio. Awesome. He must have got them from the tape. So I was talking to him. I go, man, wouldn't it be cool to surprise Timmy? We won't tell him. You just call in. <laughs> well, that'd be great. The reason I'm telling you is because it's been a few years. It's it's been a while. Uh, yeah, when is the last time you talked to to Tom and Joe and anyone else? I haven't talked matter? to Joe in in ages, but um, Tom, we kind of kept up for a while on Facebook, and uh, I haven't I haven't talked to Joe. Gosh, it's been a long time. It's been a while. He's in Washington, right, Joe? Joe, yeah, and I, I think he was doing music with uh, his wife, 
Right. They were right. doing. I, I think they lived out on an island somewhere. Right. They, right. <laughs> I saw them playing it like a park, or a, it looked like a county fair or something. Yeah. Janie like, Janie Cribs. That's that was her name. That's right. That's. Man, you know all this talk about no stranger. Uh, you know, Tom sent me um, "Here I Am Again," and uh, it was a song we recorded. No stranger. We what, we spent a year in the recording studio, and um, I'm going to go ahead and play that right now for you. It's been a long time, and uh, Timmy's playing bass. I'm on keyboards, and uh, played a beautiful grand piano on this, and Tom Hardy on lead vocals, Joe Reggitori on guitar, and Billy Green on the drums.
Man, that was awesome. That was Here I Am Again by No Stranger. Now we're back live again with Mr. Timothy Gaines. So, so you're a tech, you're a tech geek. So I'm recording you right now on Pro Tools. Okay. I'm re- I'm being recorded on. I keep forgetting I'm recording Pro Tools. That's my Mac. Right. And then over here, I've got um, the IBM, and I don't do any recording on that. I just do it all on the Mac. Yeah, and I I do all my. I have a separate Mac that I use just for recording. I, I don't even have it hooked up to the internet. Because yeah, this one's off. <laughs> in fact, I got a, I'm I'm on a new laptop, a new uh, uh, MacBook Pro. Because uh, my old one uh, just it updated so much, and I still have a lot of room on the hard drive, but it just slowed down so much from the new the new upgrades that I couldn't use it anymore. What so are you using? Do you are you recording at home? Yeah, I record at home with uh, I use a uh, I have an iMac. Um, that's uh, you know it's got all the memory upgraded and it's got a terabyte of, of hard drives nice. and, and uh, but I just do I do bass tracks that's what I've been doing from home okay uh, and I was doing that when I lived in Nashville I'm, I'm now in Phoenix but uh, uh, I started doing that just to make extra income on the side because people were asking me to play on their albums and of course the internet has made that available to everybody now so we can just we don't have to leave the house you know we can just (laughs) record at home and you know we've done done a lot of records that way and uh um i've just uh, i've done two this last week where i've I've, you know i think one guy was in florida and i i have no idea where the other guy was at well that's pretty cool so you're doing um, the bass tracks remotely uh, yeah and and just sending in the uh sending the midi or straight bass tracks uh you know they send me uh they send me their tracks you know it, it's great if i can get a whole session you know sure. downloaded into my computer and, and sure. so but we yeah wave files and we send them uh dump everything and uh into the computer and just i record a bass track lots of bass tracks and pick and choose which sounds the best and Tweak so them. they pick the ones they like the best. So you're able to throw them up. Well, I, I pick the one I like the best, <laughs> <laughs> and I send it. To, I send it off to them. But uh, gotcha. sometimes I'll give them, you know, several tracks to choose from. If they want to comp certain parts that I did. If I did different bass tracks, uh, different part in a song, you know, and, uh, and they want it, they can they can put it in there. If not, you know, some guys don't know what they're doing at all. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like just play bass and and we're we're good. And other guys, they got a producer that can cut and paste and you know, do all that stuff. So right, it's nice working with experience or somebody knows what they know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, you just do your so, biggest lines, throw it in. You know, it's going to come out right. Yeah. So I've been doing That's that cool. for for you know I, I did that with some Aldo. Aldo Nova. I was I was working with Aldo for a while there, and, and how was that? Uh, that was great. It's it's great. He's he's a great guy. We we did a lot of recording because of uh, COVID. We were supposed to do some touring, and then right. COVID, COVID hit, and then uh, kind of canceled the the tour that we had for 2020. What year oh, is this? 22. And almost in the <laughs> time flies. Uh, so, yeah. So anyways, it got to the point where, you know, he, he's just like, you know, 
getting frustrated. We can't go out on the road. So we started doing these these uh, recordings and just doing so, like live video, you know, or some of it was dubbed in, some of it was live. But gotcha. Uh, now Aldo's had a few albums. He's had a couple hits, right? He had that one big hit. Aldo's had a couple. Yeah. Did you did you do anything? <laughs> Aldo's, that Aldo's had a ton of hits, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I just you know just us you know people out here. We we hear one or two on the radio. Yeah, but I'm sure he's done well, a hell of a lot. Yeah, you know, it's here, you know, uh, monkey or whatever, monkey on your back or monkey on your back. Yeah. Uh, but how is he to work with? Pretty nice guy, uh, good guitar player, good singer. Good oh, the guy is great. Yeah, he's awesome songwriter, guitar player. I, I had no idea what kind of a guitar player he was. He, he's just this tasty, the kind of guitar player I like. You know, just. Uh, just a real tasty bluesy uh, rocker um, excellent guitar player so we have always been fortunate to play with excellent musicians like Joe Reggitore of yeah. The Stranger he was a great guitar player yeah he is and, you know you've been surrounded by a lot of talent probably your entire life um, yeah we've we've uh, we've been around a lot of good people and uh, fortunate remember Remember Gazzari's? You were in White Lace, and now I was looking at another interview you did with some guys from. They look like they might have been from your church group or something out there. Nice guys, three one two, rock three one two. Yeah, yep. And they were. You were talking, man. You went pretty. You went pretty in depth on your personal life on that interview, but you were talking about Afton Kid. Yeah, remember so, you remember Afton Kid. I, I vaguely do, but I, for uh, some reason I'm drawing a blank, and I just remember White Lace. So Afton yeah, Kid well was that, playing, and that came afterwards. I so Afton Kid was uh, uh, my first original rock band that I was in, and I was just a kid, and these guys were, you know, good five to ten years older than me. So so they were the Aftons, um, and you were the kid. I was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. I was. Uh, I was fifteen. I'd been playing bass a couple of years, and my bass teacher, I, I took bass lessons at um, a place called Arcadia Music Mart in Arcadia, okay. California. I think I remember that place. And uh, yeah, I was on uh, Huntington Drive, and yeah. And anyways, I, I had one of my first jobs working there. And uh, so the, my bass teacher, Lance, uh, knew... Uh, he knew of a band that needed a bass player and he thought that I would be good for it and these guys were older and uh, so that was my first experience playing with a original rock group and were they heavy heavy rock I'm trying to remember no we were more of a I don't know I guess we called ourselves power pop power pop <laughs> I like that we did we did cover tunes and we did originals but it was you know it was rock music it wasn't hard rock it was just uh it was just good songs and uh, kind of progressive uh you know because you're kind of a progressive bass player to me anyway yeah I mean, we were doing stuff it. you know like ziggy stardust and okay. Tom petty songs and and uh stuff in that that kind of vein it wasn't it wasn't progressive uh, it was just rock music 
stuff that was going on. This would have been like 78, 79. Yeah, because I got in Aftershock in 1979. So that's why I'm thinking you were, you were ahead of me in the rock and roll game. You were playing before I was. We're probably, yeah, we're probably doing it around the same time. I don't yeah, know. I, I started, I started playing when I was, uh, started playing bass when I was 13. Uh, got my, I actually had a, uh, an acoustic guitar, classical guitar, and I was taking guitar lessons and, um, I really liked the bass. I don't know why. So I, I, I was I was always gravitating towards the bass, and so I took the two top strings off my guitar. <laughs> that was my first bass for about. <laughs> I a can year. see you doing that too. Screw yeah. these two strings. I don't yeah. need them. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm like playing bass parts, yeah. to John songs and stuff like that. That's what I right. actually I wanted to be a piano player. Yeah, well, you are a piano player. I, I haven't played in years, but <laughs> I heard um, you play. <laughs> I. Uh, I always found I was playing the bass parts, the left hand, you know. The left hand, yeah. The was bass player was D. Murray. And uh, oh. <laughs> so I started playing bass. I picked up guitar and I was like gravitating towards the bass. And um, I had some friends whose brothers were in a band and, and uh, one guy was a bass player. And I'm like, oh man, that's just the coolest instrument. So I picked up- Bass a, is pretty cool. And then- You got a lot of freedom to do what you want. Yeah. So my 14th birthday, my mom saw that I was really into playing the bass, and then I was showing a lot of interest, so she bought me my first bass for my 14th birthday. What kind of bass was it? It was a Orlando, which is just this Japanese three-quarter scale uh, P-bass copy. Okay, P-bass. Uh, all natural wood? It was all natural. Natural wood P-bass. And... Uh, mm -hmm. So I played that for a while, and then I traded that in on a, uh, I don't know, it was a Rickenbacker copy, an Ibanez Rickenbacker copy. I didn't know Ibanez made a Ricky copy. Yeah, they made, in fact, they they had, uh, they, they were getting sued because they were making such great uh, copies of guitars, you know, they made Les Pauls and... Rickenbacker, Rickenbacker did? Uh, uh, Ibanez did. I mean, Ibanez? I didn't yeah, the, know that. The lawsuit. Yeah. So that was the, what they call, if you ever see uh, Japanese import uh, lawsuit copy whatever on eBay. Right. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> they got to put that on guitars. the label. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they they stopped making them that way. But uh, yeah. this, this bass was like just like a Rickenbacker stereo. Uh, pickups and and uh, same exact neck and and uh, yeah, so they really copied them. It was it was nice. Yeah, I played that for a while, and then I uh, I had a '65 jazz bass, which I kick myself now for selling because it would probably be worth uh, fifteen Before to twenty thousand bucks. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. traded that in on a I traded that in on a uh, Japanese BC Rich. Uh, like a low-end BC Rich. Oh yeah, I used to yeah, love the BC Rich. I got, so this is all like in a time frame of about a year. I'm trying to find the right bass for me. And then um, I ended up getting a, a brand new uh, Music Man Stingray, 78 Stingray, which was, mm. they were fairly new. They came out in 76. Yeah, so, 70s Music Man, I remember them. So anyways, I, that's the bass I still play to this day. and. Uh, I've had it all these years, and it was my first striper bass. I put yellow and black tape on it and made it look like like it was a <laughs> custom paint job. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
That's when Striper. Uh, so when did '83, right? Striper. Yeah. '83. Was that? Would that be your biggest rock band you've been in? Yeah, I would say. I mean, as far as you know, playing out, touring live. Playing out and touring. I mean, I did it for 30, 34 years. So. 34 years. Wow. Yeah. It's just yeah. I remember when you got in Striper. And I had met you as White Lace, but we didn't talk much. I didn't see you for a long time. That's because we were in rival bands. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Danger. You were, I was in Danger, right. lead singer. I remember. I was lead singer and keyboard player for uh, Danger. And you guys, uh, when No Stranger came about, your name wasn't mentioned. Um, it was kind of a secret. We all got together in secret. Yeah. I was still singing for Danger. Billy Green was in Grizzly. Right. Joe and Tom were trying to put this thing together to back up an album that was being uh, played in Europe. Yeah. I guess it was top 10 on the radio. Remember that story? And yeah, I don't I don't remember the story. But... Well, that was the story I got. So he okay. says, hey, man, we're going to throw this project together. We want to get everybody uh, together. We're going to learn all these songs. And Joe grilled me on guitar for, for months. I learned to play the guitar really good. Yeah. So I could accompany the album, and then uh, Tom says, "Hey uh, guys, Tim, Tim, Tim Gaines from Stripe might come over and play." And I went, "Oh, okay, that would be really cool." Yeah, I'll bring Tim into the band. We got <laughs> Tim from Striper, Dean from Danger, Joe from Grizzly, uh, Tom from Stormer, and yeah. Joe Regitori, who was in Featherstitch. Right, he had a little history, yep. and it was like the all-star band, yeah, all-star rock band. And now we're bringing Tim Gaines in, man. All the LA, all the LA bands, the good bands from from the seventies and eighties. So pretty much, that's when Van Halen was playing, you know, a lot. Yeah. Hey, do you got a gate or anything on your mic? Because you're cutting in and out like like it's gating. Testing one two. How about now? Yeah, you're you're in there. It's just there's like a like a gate or a noise filter or something that. Um, let me see cut, here. Seems one, to cut you off a little bit, but how about now? One, two, three, four. Testing. I hear you. I think I need a cold beer or a cup of coffee or something. I've been coffee. messing with these Coffee's computers. <laughs> you Coffee showed up on this computer. I'm looking at you, and you got this symbol, and I'm going, "Oh man, I can't talk to him." Because yeah. I bought this new camera last night. Because the integrated cam on the laptop isn't all that. So I picked up a 1080p camera from Logitech, uh-huh. and it, it's so much brighter. Um, you know, it looks light. good. Yeah, I'm using the, the I'm using the laptop, my MacBook camera, and and it, it looks perfect. It looks like and you're I, using a high. Yeah, I, I got some lights that I put. I got a desk lamp here that kind of okay. gives ambient light. I got some white lights in front of me, and then I've got an overhead that gets my. Well, I'm getting my the natural my bald greasy hair (laughs) (laughs) dude i'm glad you kept your hair long man i was you know you had it short for a while and i I can't remember what year that was but i i I gotta be honest with you man i didn't like it yeah i cut it um gosh the first time i can't remember but uh i cut it short i had it short in sometime around 2000 2001 two somewhere in there and then i let it grow out and then i cut it again in 2004 15 and that was the last time i cut it and so it's been growing ever since it's probably longer than it's uh, can't see it because it's cutting out in the picture but it's, it's probably longer now than it 
it's been since uh, uh, since I was in Stormer back and in you the have you have like Stormer. red. I see it's a red tone. Is that your natural color? This is all natural. You're not like gray, and you didn't dye it. No, I'm I'm definitely gray. This is <laughs> this is <laughs> what's this? What's yeah, this fuzz, yeah. right? You know, yeah. I, if anything, I've gained a little weight. You know, I, I eat really good now. You know. Yeah. No, but I would love to be uh, back on tour because that's when I lost all my weight. And uh, yeah, I, I was always healthier when I was on the road. I ate well. Right. Uh, <laughs> I ate good. You know, good food, and you know, kept a kept a watch on what I was eating. And uh, you know, at home now, it's like I, you know, I've lost weight. I I, I can't keep weight on. I've got like a metabolism that just. Well, you're always active too, right? I mean, you're always I, doing I, something. Not so much. The last five years or so, I've been, I've been just, you know, so, so I'm doing nothing. So, <laughs> and and, and <laughs> I'm just laughing because I didn't want to go deep into your, you know, I was I was checking your Wikipedia out and I go, oh my god, Tim has done a lot of stuff. I am not going to talk about all of that stuff because well, don't believe everything much, you see on Wikipedia. And, and and it, you're right. <laughs> I, I I didn't write that, so I don't know who you know. Well, and I, I you haven't know, even checked it. In, it's in a it's long not time. easy to get on Wikipedia. In case you don't know, it's it's a pretty large task. But you have so much that you've done in the music business, and uh, you know a lot of podcasters and guys will go, "Well, I see you did this album in 1979, then 81, then 82, and 83, and you're on tour with so and so." And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna skip through all that stuff. Yeah, you're cutting out again, just to let you know. A little testing one, too. You know, my yeah. voice kind of fades. Yeah, it, I think it fades in and out. I think there might be a gate on the, uh, on the mic. So I'm recording into Pro Tools. That's right. this. And you're coming in as, you're going to come in as a wave file. Yeah. And I'm going to drop that wave. So I'm, I'm more concerned about your voice, and it's really clear. Okay. Well. But my voice to you is not going to be the recorded voice. Okay. Although, right, you know, because no one's hearing this but me and you right now. Yeah. So as long as you can hear me good enough to ask a question. But this is going to go, I'm looking over here at Pro Tools, and uh, yeah, it's got a good signal. But I keep forgetting I'm recording. So I've got to stay on the mic. So remind me once in a while. Okay. All right, dude. <laughs> so so real quick, uh, so are, are you still talking to Striper? Are you going to get back with those guys? Are you done with the Striper project? Yeah, no, they're that's it's done, it's over. Um, I I have not talked to anybody in that band in uh, since 2016, maybe 17, wow. 2017. I mean, I played I my last show that. with them. I played my last show uh, February of 2017. So um, so 17, and then you got an Aldenova around that time. No. Um, I, I put a band together, or we were trying to put a band together with some guys here in town uh, in Phoenix. Okay. Um, just doing, uh, we were going to do a, like a, a metal cover band, tribute okay. band, and do uh, try to do casinos and things like that. And um, that just kind of fell by the wayside. And then um, I, I started, I just started getting back into recording and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I was starting to do albums with, uh, different people, uh, band called Faith's Edge, uh, did a couple albums with them. Um, 
did uh, of Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters. Uh, you uh, recorded that album. Yeah. Sorry. Did you record an album with them? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did an album, released that, did some shows, and you know we we traveled a little bit, but uh, it was right before COVID hit. So of course, when that when that happened, everything just kind of stopped. And it's so it's been a, it's been a good two years since I've actually gone out and and played anywhere. And, yeah. Uh, but you've done some amazing stuff uh, on you know the bass. Not 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 mentioning no stranger, but you went on to play with Richard Marks, right? One of my favorite artists, by the way, Richard Marks. Yeah, great Love great writer, great singer, musician, um, and uh, so I I went out with him for uh, maybe just a couple of months in uh, 2007. And, uh, I think I talked to you right before that, and I don't know if it was on the phone or we chatted or whatever it was, but I remember you saying something like you had to learn a bunch of songs really fast and go on. Yeah, to the, and I got go a call Reno somewhere. I got a call from his music director, and uh, I think I had like a week or so to to learn some songs. And now, uh, were you a Richard Marks fan prior to that? Did you already know his tunes? Yeah, well, I you know I had met him in. Uh, I met him in Switzerland. Oh, okay. At some convention, music convention, and so that was. That was um, I, I had, uh, I think I had his first album, and uh, you know that that was about it. So I had to go back and, and re- relearn a bunch of songs. Right. And uh, I not only relearn, but uh, I, I I'm a four string bass player and right they wanted to have a five string bass so i i went out and got a brand new five string and it, it kind of messed me up because you're used to going for that low e string but you're actually hitting the low b and, and so you're the the workings right. of the five <laughs> versus the four but anyways um yeah, so there there was pressure there, and and uh, and uh, but it, it was it was a fun fun time, fun experience. And, cool. You know, so just so okay, so another just another <laughs> another segment in my life. You know that. that now are you is, still married? I, you know, you're still married now. I am married. Okay, Brandy, I, I right? am married. I my wife. Brandy, and okay. uh, we just celebrated our our fifth anniversary. Happy anniversary! Uh, they said it couldn't be done, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we we've been married five years. In fact, today today today's the twenty eighth. We we met uh, six years ago today on June twenty eighth in in Kansas City, Missouri. That's and, awesome. Uh, so, anyways, Kansas City. Yeah. What were you doing so in Kansas we, City? We moved out here. We're playing. Oh, you're we're playing, playing some some biker bar, some dive bar out in Kansas City, <laughs> and uh, we it, it was kind of a nightmare of a show. Um, we were we were going to pack up and leave, but the bus had broken down. Uh, the, well, there you go. The bus. So we were kind of stranded in this. That might have been lot. planned. They wanted you for another night. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody we, went out there and cut the gas lines. The uh, the bus, the act, not the actual, the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, I can't think right now. 
uh, it, the bus had broken down, so the driver had been in the, underneath the bus all day long trying to fix this bus, and uh, it, everything just started going really bad pretty quick. The the uh, the stage, the so the bands have a writer. You know, you need that you sign a contract is basically sure. what the promoter does to to. Uh, provide you know backline gear or whatever and you know you have pa system that can handle so many watts of power and, and right, uh, right, right lights right. and all that stuff so anyways and red m m's in the back red, yeah room. red and green and <laughs> so, so we had gotten there and there was like the pa system was just garbage and and uh was falling apart it wasn't what we had asked for the backline gear was was not there so it was like uh we you know contractually we we would be in the in the right to cancel uh, the gig to cancel sure so but we couldn't because (laughs) the bus broke down (laughs) the bus broke down so we were there and there was like it was just one of these bad places i mean people had guns oh it was like they're running uh prostitutes out of the front (laughs) and it was in a bad bad location yeah yeah and uh not not your anyways, typical I, hangout they yeah we, they were threatening guys on our crew and you know just it was it was just a bad a bad scene so uh, anyways i'm hanging out on the bus because there was nowhere else to go uh, and this car pulls up and the fans are starting to show up for the for the gig right and uh this car pulls up and this beautiful blonde girl gets out and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like my heart stopped. And I'm like, who is yeah, that? And that was Brandy. And that was Brandy. And so, nice. uh, a few months went by and it was just like, we, we started talking and just, uh, you know, it, it, it ended up, we, we ended up getting together and, and, uh, so we, we got married and, and, uh, that's awesome. Starting a Beautiful new life girl. together. Beautiful girl. And you know, when I saw your picture together, you guys were yeah. like you've been married for twenty years. You know, like a wow. 20? They're really in love. Those two. You guys are you guys are married for twenty years? No, you I thought you were Oh no, I looking been at your just pi- five. So yeah, Lois five. and I have been together for fifteen years. Wow. We're not married. Living in sin. <laughs> oh, dude. You gotta fix that. I know, I know, I know. You know, and she, we're both uh, music, she's an actress. She's been uh-huh. in many movies and commercials in Australia. She was in The Punisher, you know. Awesome. Uh, with Dolph Lundgren when he was in there. And she awesome. was with Christopher Atkins, remember Christopher in Blue Lagoon? She was in a movie in Australia called uh, Exchange Lifeguards. You can find it on the, on the web. It's on, uh, what's the name of that channel? Anyway, Hulu. Uh-huh, yeah. And so Lois, if you if you Google Lois Larimore, man, she's all over the place. Yeah, she's done a lot of acting. So I, I'll, I'll do that, yeah. Yeah, so she, she was in Hollywood, and I was living in Cabina. And I was, uh, I had opened up a computer store. I went through like a 10-year kind of sabbatical, you know. Yeah. I kind of said, ah, music, man. I just bashed my head in music for so many years. Like You're cutting out again, years. just to let you know. Huh? You're cutting yeah, out again. For, Gotcha. So for like 40 years, you know, I've been playing music a long time, and I still am. I wrote a song a few weeks ago. And I really love the fact that we can express ourselves on social media 
you can write a song today and have it published tomorrow, or millions yeah. of people could hear it tomorrow. Um, do you remember back in the day when we when we record, we had to go in the studio for six months to a year. It took us a while to get a CD. <laughs> it, I remember it took those another days. year to get it heard by the A and R reps or the record companies. Yeah, right? for sure. Now we click a button and everyone hears us immediately. It's just yeah. amazing, you know. It's amazing what we can do in the music industry. And someone like you, who uh, who have you, you know, you have your studio at home and, and you're playing with other, that wouldn't have been possible back when we were playing in the '80s, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, back then we had a little cassette four tracks and, you know, make <laughs> demo tapes and... Tascam and, four track? Yeah, the little Tascam four track. And, uh-huh. uh, Me and my guitar player, Bruce Powler, I just did an interview with him, and we were cracking up the other day because we recorded a bunch of, like, uh, songs in his bedroom. And, and Lois heard the tape and goes, I'm going to turn these into ringtones. And they're like Party Animal. I have this song called Party Animal. Yeah. And me and Bruce were cracked. Because we never intended anyone to hear that song. It's like you're in there playing around. Sure. We're clicking bottles together like we're at a party. Ting, you know, hey, what's up, man? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and and so Bruce was laughing. He goes, she turned it into a ringtone, and it was the top played ringtone on Zedge. Really? Yeah, it's called Party Animal. Excellent. And she, she took all my songs and took a clip of them and put made them ringtones. Yeah. And I didn't even—I didn't even know she did that. But so we were talking about his four-track, how, how we were bouncing the tracks down. We do four tracks, and then four more tracks, and then four more tracks. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I—I I, I just did—I uh, did a song for a guy who's doing that. He's—he's uh, he's recording that same type of—he's—it's he, digital, I guess, but he's—he's he's only got like four tracks or maybe eight. And right. I, I did some recording for this guy, and he's all, "Well, can you send it back to me with the bass and the drums? Because I gotta, I, I gotta bounce those down, and then <laughs> record my guitars over that." And I'm right. like, "Wow, that's yeah. how we did it back in the, back in the old days." That's how that's how we got 16 tracks recorded, right? And by the time you're done, the tape is like this thin. You know, you can't yeah. get much more on it, <laughs> it's and like the quality hear, starts to. You couldn't hear the drums anymore. They're just like <laughs> a little thud in the background. Yeah, that brings back memories, man. Yeah. Um, when did when did you record your first, what what I would call your first song, that you put out there? When what year would that be, and what band was it? Uh, it would have been seventy nine, I think, and uh, that would have been with Afton Kid. Afton Kid. Okay. We went in and did a three song demo, and. Uh, it was a it was an eight track studio, yeah, reel to reel. Nice and uh, probably a T act <laughs> task. I can't remember, but um, Sony. Yeah, it was seventy nine. It was a reel to reel. We did a three song demo. It was in we did it in Pasadena, and uh, that was it. I still got the demo on cassette. Oh, that'd be cool to hear one time. You know, funny. Yeah, if I could in find fact, it, send I'll... me send me a copy of one of those, and I'll, I'll put it in the uh, I'll put it in the podcast. Yeah, if I, I think I have it. I think I recorded them uh, or, or dumped them into my hard drive. I'll have to check on my other computer and, and see what I got. Um, That'd be cool to play some of the first material you've done. If you're not if you're not afraid to throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't write but, the songs, but. Um, 
But it's your bass plan, you know? But yeah, I'm, I'm playing bass. And it was me, uh, who was singing? Oh, Sergio was singing. A guy named Sergio Cardenas was singing. Okay. Uh, me on bass, Tom Matranga played guitar, Earl Jess played guitar, and Michael Guido was playing drums. And Guido, Mike, he was Michael, a good, Guido was a good friend of yours, right? Yeah, Guido, Guido. was the reason why I, I ended up becoming a Christian. Ah, okay. So, That's the story I heard. So Guido, Guido. Guido was like, he was, he was kind of a bad character, bad yeah. apple. Right. Uh, partier, we into drugs, and he liked to chase women. and, and uh, Like we all did at the time. Yeah, so... He uh, he he happened to be chasing uh, this girl who got him to go to church. <laughs> and he became a Christian. Now, she I, must have been pretty hot for him to follow her to church, right? I yeah, I guess so. So <laughs> he, she got him to go to church, which is Calvary Chapel out in West Covina. I remember and, that church. You you were uh, you were a big role model there. Yeah, so that's that's where I ended up going. He his life changed so radically that I I was like well yeah that's like I guess I will check it out also because I mean the guy the guy showed up to my house I thought I I thought I was going to owe him a lot of money for coke <laughs> and I and so he shows up to my house you a lot of blow. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking like oh great you know I've been putting him off for, for all these months because I owe him money Oh and uh, he shows up at my house yeah. and he's got this big smile and this glow on his face where I've, I've never seen anybody have, you know, he, he used to be like, you know, if it, if it was was a smile or a laugh or something right. funny, it was always something dirty, <laughs> something perverted. And, and all of a sudden uh-huh. he, had, he was up to something, right? He, yeah. So it's like this time he, he had this different aura about him. He was he was different and he had this smile that was peaceful and and uh anyways he he invited me to go to this church which was uh calvary chapel and and so i went you played you played that that church correct in striper didn't you yeah so we we did some some outreach with them early on but um yeah i when i when i went to calvary chapel uh pastor raul reese was uh speaking about the uh the end times in the book of revelation and i i had never heard anything like mm. that before and so um it just really sparked my interest and i just you know i rededicated my life to to christ and what year was that Tim? that would have been early late 82 or early 83. okay that makes sense because um, that's around the time you got in striper 83. yeah so i had i had left stormer um, That's right. Because I was just like I was a drunk, and I was uh, doing lots of coke and and uh, women and the whole thing, and I was like, I I can't live this way anymore. I'm like 19 years old, and I you know <laughs> live much longer. And so so I missed all the fun. I met Timmy after the, all that. You met it, yeah. After all. <laughs> so I missed all the fun. <laughs> So you were you were playing music before I was because I got in it was my 14th birthday you know 14th birthday 19 1979 I started playing in aftershock okay I was only 14 so you must be a little bit How older old than me I'm 
What am I, 59 now? Holy shit. Okay, smokes. yeah, I'm going to be 60, so we're both the same age. Okay, okay. So we're right there. You were doing it, though, before I was. You were already, you must have already been with Afton Kid. Um, yeah, so Afton Kid and then uh, White Lace. And I met you, I met you in White Lace. And we were doing, we were all doing Gazaris. Mm-hmm. Now, Ever Control and uh, all the bands. Mm-hmm. Control. Uh, mm-hmm. So do you remember, uh, do you remember Bram Boulevard? I was just going to say Brand Boulevard. Brand, Control. Okay, so Chris, Chris yeah. Eddie, who was the singer in uh, Brand Boulevard, I think he did stuff with Siegel also. But he, me and him, we were friends. Uh, when I moved to Nashville, we, we hooked up. He lives in Nashville now, and, and uh, we just became really good friends talking about the old days, Gazari's days and stuff. And it was like, hey, let's start working together so so you play uh, you did you play with brand boulevard or just i didn't no but in nashville um chris chris eddie uh ended up doing uh well he he was on star search he won star search oh did he and then he ended up in nashville he's got family ties to, to the music scene and and so uh anyways when i when i got out there we kind of hooked up and and uh we played together a lot. Uh, we played on the worship team at our church out there. And, okay. Uh, and I was I was talking to him one day. I'm going, man, I wish I had the time because I was working heavy, heavy. I was working warehouse stuff out there, and and I'm going, man, it would be great to to be able to put out a, a solo album or something just to just to you know get something out there because I I wasn't in Striper anymore. I I had left Striper in 2004 for about five years and so just trying to get back into music and playing and stuff like that so he he ended up writing the whole album in about a week <laughs> he's all hey holy smoke. i got a song for you check this out and like, yeah that sounds cool and then <laughs> next thing you know he's got another song and it's like well let's go record it so we we between the two of us and then he he hired uh, several studio musicians like uh, keyboard players and horn players and stuff to string players to to add stuff onto the album but we recorded that in his garage using Cubase an old okay old I remember version, Cubase an old old version of Cubase yeah yeah um, I used Cakewalk <laughs> yeah yeah so remember Cakewalk yep <laughs> so we recorded that album at his house in his garage um, microphones were like taped duct tape to the masking tape so but it, it sounds great you've got excellent drum sound and uh of course the the bass tracks and and uh he did all the guitars i played all the bass and lead bass and then he did the drums also because he's a drummer and then uh back then you just had analog all analog recording equipment yeah and so this so. is like 2008 when all we right. started recording the solo album and so finished that in 2009, released it, and then I got back into Striper. But Chris from Brand Boulevard back in the Gazari's days was the reason why I did a solo album. So Chris, Chris was the guitar player for Brand Boulevard, and yeah, and uh, the lead singer. Sing, singer, okay. Yeah. I didn't really know them too well. I just played a few gigs with them at Gazari's. Yeah, yeah, but they're, really they're cool all, guy. We all Great did the, the circling, circling, you know. Mm-hmm. You're either downstairs on the main stage or the side stage or upstairs, you know. So 
We all oh, did. Oh yeah, that. you remember when they broke it down to one big stage? No, I. Okay, I so remember we when were... they had the Battle of the Bands at Gazzari's? Yeah. You had the upstairs. Right. One, two, three, four. I think there was a big stage still in the front. Yeah. You could have like six, what, six to eight bands at one time. Yeah, you, I think you had three downstairs and three upstairs. Was it? Is that what it was? And they just rotate. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then they have the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. And I remember me and Bill Gazzari, we became pretty good friends back then. Because, you know, Aftershock became the house band at Gazzari's. Yeah. So every Friday and Saturday night, we'd play. That's when I met White Lace, Brand Boulevard, Control. Yeah. Um, there was a handful of other bands. I just can't think of them right Siegel now. Seagull was another one that was. Seagull. Um, they, they had their picture painted on the side of the. Side that's of the right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So so I'm, I, I used to hang out with Bill Gazzari quite a bit because I had a lot of, you know, a lot of time. Yeah. And he wanted to get rid of Gazzari's at one time. He wanted to sell it. This was early on because I'm tired of this. I'm like, I go, you can't get rid of Gazzari's. Yeah. You know, you're bringing all these these new bands up, and they're coming because of you, Bill. You can't walk away. And he had a partner. Remember, Bill had a partner. Yeah, and, there was, and, uh, and then there was the other guys, just Stan and Russell. Right, right, the, Stan, the black dude, uh, Russ, uh, yeah, Stan, the bouncer, and little Chinese guy. Or <laughs> yeah. And and Stan was the black guy, right? Right, the big tall guy. He was he was the doorman kind of bouncer guy, and and uh, he was a cool dude, man. Yeah, Stan was really yeah. cool. He was real tall. And Russell Russell had uh, like a disco. Remember the little boot beside <laughs> when you walked in? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell's, that was funny shit Russell's right there. Disco. Yeah. yeah, fucking Russell, man. He was a great great dude. They were so cool. And remember Pete, the bartender? I don't remember. Okay, big tall know. guy, red yeah. red hair. I remember him like it was yesterday. Mustache. Yeah, he got me in a lot of trouble at Gazzari's. Yeah, it's a long story. I won't yeah. go into it. This is your podcast, not mine. I've already talked about it on the last one. Oh, okay. And yeah, the bartender would get me in a lot of trouble. Hey, go, hey, Dean, see that chick at the end of the bar? <laughs> I'll buy you a round of drinks. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. you know, I go back backstage at Gazzari's and say, guys, I got a round of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, good time. Days. So you played you played the Roxy too, right? Down there? Played whiskey the Roxy, Roxy, whiskey, um, Troubadour, uh, Starwood. Starwood. Uh, what else? That place got shut down, didn't it? Starwood? Yeah, they they shut it down. Like a drug bust. Yep. They, they boarded like, it up for a while. I think Motley Crue played there. I can't shortly remember after if that. they played there or not. I think they did, yeah. The woods, no, not the wood sound. I'm thinking wood sound. The wood star sound was arcade. It was uh, that's right. Wood sound. Remember? Did you ever record there? The wood no, sound. No. I did. I recorded in a, a part of the uh, Danger album there. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was. Those were good times, man. Yeah, that um, was a, like a magical time. There was just growing up and and learning all this new stuff and you know some of it wasn't good probably <laughs> but you know it was it was yeah. the music scene that was that's yeah. what we did back then and, uh, well you know and i was talking to my nephew one day i said that's when rock and roll was good man you know back in the uh, 80s to 90s yeah that's when hollywood was thriving you yep. could walk down the street and see pretty much anybody and everybody and yep. hang out and, and have a great time, and those were the you know, great men. What is it today? You know, things that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, 
there's there's different people that I you know me and CC Deville became good friends just hanging out on Sunset and CC uh, yeah yeah Gazari and we were gonna put a band together back in the day and and oh, man. Uh, been I fun. still have uh, somewhere I got all my keepsakes and stuff in a box and I, I have a little blue flyer that I I had written down different people's names uh, CC his name's Bruce and I I remember having his name bruce and guitar player and and his phone number and then he i I think he came out to la with a guy named steve who was a drummer um or at least i can't remember all the details because it's been so long but anyways it was like we were all friends back then and uh you know it was good times and um of course things changed in the 80s and you know when it the hair bands, everything just you know took off. Everybody had the big hair and then the makeup and and uh, yeah, everything was kind of formulated. Everybody played the same kind of music and uh, well, we went from like the hair band to the glam. Right, you know, we had the big hair and then I threw a scarf on, so it always considered a glam band, I guess. Yeah. And then Poison came about. You know, Poison opened up for uh, Danger in a little bar in Azusa. Yeah, little Mexican bar. Can't remember the name of it. It was just down the road from uh, the motorcycle place. Oh, on uh, Alasta. It was on Alasta. That and was, it was a little uh, Mexican yeah, uh, cantina. And uh, poison uh, opened up. Stan, I, the guy that owned the place is Stan. We we were. Yeah, yeah. I think his name was Stan. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the name of that? What was the name of that place? Torito something. I don't know. El yeah. Cantina. Maybe the El Cantina. And Poison, Brett came into my dressing room and said, we just came out here. We're looking for some gigs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, dude, just, you know, go play. You're not going to make a ton of money, but go play your butt off. Yeah. And he did. And Poison soon made it after that. They Yeah, they opened up for us at the country club out in Reseda. Okay. And uh, that night, Brett fell off the stage and broke his ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Was he no. was he sober? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I mean that's yeah. that was he was kind of wiry though. He would jump all over the place. That guy yeah. was nuts, man. Yeah, uh, Brett was a cool cool dude. But there was there was all kinds of stuff like that. Guys coming out, you know. But for the the bulk of the musicians, were all L.A. guys. I mean, most of us grew up in L.A. and and uh, we we made the scene. And then everybody else started coming in from. The East Coast. Yeah, and, yeah Nikki Six had to come down and ruin it for all of us, right? <laughs> Came down and picked up Tommy, my good friend Tommy. You know, he just he said, "Come on, Tom, let's go start a band." Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But L.A. was the scene, man. You know, Sammy Hagar's from out there. Yeah, Van Halen, all the great players. Great White did a lot of shows great with White, Great White. Yeah. Did you play with Great White? Yeah, yeah, we've done done a lot of shows together. I almost joined Great White. You know that would have been a nice fit, for or at you. least I auditioned for him. I did. I never made it, yeah. but uh, this would have been after uh, Post Striper, so probably around the same time that we were playing together. Yeah. So you were in No Stranger for what? what was it about three years? Was it or two or three years? Yeah, two or three years. Yeah, it seemed like a long time. Um, and do you remember us playing it over at the Treehouse? Yeah. That was a cool gig, man. Yeah. 
We, yeah, that we was were probably all in. I remember that was probably the the time in my life when I was like the most on as a bass player. Um, you were you were on it for sure. I mean, you I were had, kicking some ass. I had been like were. held down mm-hmm. in my previous band, and I when I when I got into No Stranger, it was like the perfect group of people, and I was able to to just play. And well, you had a relationship with Tom, you know, so you right, already knew. Right. But I mean, it was just the right kind of music. And I, it was like everything just like gelled in that band. And uh, we yeah, all great band. You know, we all it was a great time. We had we had a lot of fun and, and we did. Uh, we made we did. some great music, some great recordings, and we played some great shows. And I'm so I, thankful that Striper fell apart and you came over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couldn't happen at a better time, right? Yeah. When well, Tom even, said you were uh, coming in the band, huh? Me, me and Bill went on and did some. We we tried to throw together a, a rhythm section. To Billy go out Green or Billy Green, yeah. And uh, <laughs> God rest his soul, right? Yeah, yeah. But we we called ourselves the the Gain Green. Gain Green. <laughs> I don't remember rhythm that. Section. I remember yeah. when we broke apart, but I don't remember you hanging out with Bill. Yeah. yeah so you went off and did something with Billy. Yeah, yeah. He, awesome. he moved into my house for a little bit too. He okay. Uh, wow. I think everybody lived at my house at one point. But yeah, yeah, kind of a flop house. I thought about <laughs> I thought about sleeping on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> Remember you showing me all those videos from uh, Japan when you got toured Japan? Mm-hmm. And man, you were just showing me all these videos. I go, holy crap! You guys were like on top of the world when you were playing out there. Yeah, that whole period, 80, I don't know, it seemed like from 86 through 89, maybe 90, it just... What was your best experience out there in Japan? I'm just curious, like... Um, playing the Budokan, I think. Budokan? Yeah. Um, just, you know, something that we all, for us, our our age group growing up, right. you know, it was like, we always heard about playing the Budokan and... and uh, you know, cheap trick. You know, live at Boone. right, right. It's like <laughs> Peter Frampton, I think. Yeah. So, you know, when I finally got there, I was like, oh, this is yeah. kind of cool. It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, but um, you know, it's like one of those. It's like playing the whiskey. You know, I finally <laughs> really? played the was whiskey. It that small? Yeah, really? I, I, I didn't know that. That's you know, for growing up on. In, in Hollywood, well, it was like, oh, well, my we friend, finally, once we play play the Starwood or we play the whiskey, is so then we've made it. You know, <laughs> now it's like, you know, the yeah. next level would be playing Budokan. Gotcha. How, that must have been awesome, though. You yeah. showed me the video. I mean, people were going crazy over you guys, yeah. Striper, yep. Striper at the time. And uh, I, I heard a story from you know Chris Holmes from Wasp. Do you, do you remember the band Wasp? Yeah. Oh yeah. So. My guitar player, Danny Barry, who was the lead guitar player for Danger, was the roadie or the guitar tech for Chris Holmes. Okay. And he told me a story. The reason I'm, I'm linking this to Japan. He said he got off the plane. Now, if you remember, Wasp is like eight feet tall. Every one of those guys. Blackie Lawless. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're pretty tall, right? What are you, oh, six yeah. foot? Yeah. So they get off the plane in Japan, and there's, <laughs> you know, they're like the tallest, you know. And people had bobbleheads. They had little bobbleheads of the band as they get off the plane. Okay. And 
did they have any dolls of Striper when you got yeah, out there? Was yeah, it they did. A lot, of, a lot of merchandise? We, we had, well, it wasn't merchandise. It's just that's what they, they made those for. The fans made those, you know, and it was like. They made them. <laughs> they made them. They're all handmade, and uh, they give them to the bands for, you know, okay. as a gift. And it's like. Okay. It's like the same thing for us. It was the first time we went there. Um, I didn't know what to expect. We were just so we were still playing clubs and stuff in L.A. Right, right. And we we went to Japan. We played uh, the day before we went to Japan. We flew up to Ontario and played uh, Kitchener, Ontario, uh, Canada, and played a festival. And then from there we flew to Tokyo. So we're all like just dead tired, jet lag. I didn't know what to expect. You go going through the airport, you go through customs, and I had no idea what was on the other side of this big steel door as I opened the door. It was like <laughs> a thousand people in the airport. Mostly mostly girls, but it was like it was like the Beatles coming to America back in <laughs> back Well in, yeah, in, you know, you you guys were huge, you know. It was huge. like I was the first yeah. one. I I had no idea what to expect, like I said, but I opened this door, I got my bags. Once you go through customs, you go through this big steel door, and then it was like, you're out in the regular airport. And I opened this door and it was like, scream. The second second I walked through this door, people just started screaming. And like was, the Beatles, probably yeah. just like the Beatles. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, what the heck? You know, I'm, I'm playing in clubs in, in LA, and it's like I get off, get off the plane and I go through these doors, and now it's like, rock stars kind of status it's funny it's funny how you leave the u.s and people really appreciate you yeah in other countries right so that was we're so spoiled out here you know we got the best music yeah and you go out to somewhere else and like oh my god they love american music so this you know? was in 85 and we were still recording uh we were, we were in the middle of recording uh soldiers under command which was our second album right and so that wasn't even finished yet but we had we had done the first album, which was an EP, and uh, uh, there was a, a Japanese, uh, I think it was a DJ, something to do in the entertainment industry in Japan, and he was flying back to Japan. He was in LA, and he happened to have a copy of BAM magazine. I remember BAM. BAM. And it was <laughs> one I, of these I issues. Spent a lot where, of money with BAM. Yeah, yeah. And we had taken out this huge ad in the middle, like a full page, double page uh, ad, um, promoting our own shows. And it had our picture with our big hair and everything and, and the yellow and black stripes. And he was so impressed by the look of it, had not had not even heard our music, but he, he was like instrumental in bringing us over. Uh, and that was like, you know, the first time we went to Japan. That was also, I think, Motley Crue's first time in 85. Oh, was it? So you guys were there about the same time. Yeah. So we were there. Right. We, were, we were the Christian band brought over. Motley Crue was, was brought over Heavy. by another rival promoter. <laughs> and okay. uh, Joan Jett. We we're all staying in the same vicinity in the same... Us and Joan Jett. So you guys were there at the same time. Yeah. So I get in the oh, hotel. Okay. I, I get in the elevator of the hotel to go down to the lobby and the door opens and I step in and there's this girl and uh, 
she's looking at me and I'm like, man, who is this? I know who this is. It's like, it's like she's well, she's a little familiar. older than you though she's right? very familiar and i'm like she reaches out her hand and and we have the same we have the same uh uh agent or yeah and so it was joan jett joan jett but i'm the runaways like, from I'm the like, runaways are you sure yeah. yeah so it was like she she was brought over by another promoter so there's three promoters that are all rivals and they're all we're all and they all brought you guys at the same time same time we're all playing the same weekend us and Joan Jett played the same night and then they came over after we went and saw their show and then afterwards they came and saw our show (laughs) Motley was there but we were all like hanging out in the there's this shopping area in Tokyo called the Ginza and it's like we're all the electronics and all the cool right. boys, and and so it's like I bought my very first uh, CD player before they <laughs> yeah. were even out here in the states, and it's it, right. So it's just cool stuff. And uh, well, you're you're kind of a tech you're kind of a tech geek a little bit. You know, you're into electronic. You're into all the latest yeah, technology. I, you know, I I like all that stuff. Yeah, and I and I know you also are a ham radio operator. Yeah. And I, I was kind of, I was kind of interested in that because I, I bought myself a little uh, handheld. I never did get my ham license, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued, and I never did yeah, learn how to you use. You should do it. It's, it's easy. Uh, the, the, so you're, you're, you've been doing it a long time, right? Yeah, I, I've radio. been a ham since uh, 1990, 91. Uh, let's see, I took my test in 1990, and I, I had to wait. So this was way before the internet. And now it's like you take your test and you find out right away if you passed or not. And are you licensed uh, forever or do you have to renew it? You renew it every 10 years. Every 10 years, okay. But I, I started off at the very bottom, uh, what they call a novice class, and I had to learn Morse code. and, and uh, Yeah, I remember. Now that they still make you learn Morse code, I heard they dropped it. They dropped it, yeah. Yeah. Nobody, okay. nobody uses it anymore. There's a right. few guys that use it. I, I still play with it. Um, but everything's actually gone digital now. They have okay. digital modes where you don't even, you, you have like a little modem thing and plug it into your computer and you plug the other end into your radio and you press a button on your your huh. laptop or whatever and it does it does all the, the work for you. You don't have well, to well, have Well, how, how do you talk to another across the world? Is it skipping through satellites? How does that work? It's, uh, it works, well, there's different ways you can do it. Yeah, satellite is one. You you have like your little handheld you're talking about right and work a satellite and then the satellite bounces a signal like repeats the signal to another okay place across okay. the united states or across the world or whatever mm-hmm. um but what's the furthest on this the furthest you've talked on your hand um i i talk all over like into africa you uh, still do today? Europe. You still do? Yeah, into okay. Europe, um, Asia. So it depends on the time of the day. And I don't use satellites. Everything that I do is is uh, the sunspot, sunspot cycle. So there's a solar cycle. Okay. Um, and as we get more sunspots, every 11 years, the, the solar oh. cycle gets to a peak where it yeah. charges the ionosphere. So oh, my our God. Earth. <laughs> and when the, when the ionosphere is charged, radio signals yeah. go up and then they bounce back down. That's so, crazy. So I, I never heard that before. On the lower frequencies, HF frequencies, um, you can talk like uh, on a, even on a CB radio right now, which is, you know, we're, we're starting to get into the uh, solar season where 
guys on CB radio are talking <laughs> to guys across the, you know, they're going talking to people in Australia from here in, in California or, or Arizona or so cool. Hawaii or whatever. Yeah. So anyways, on, on HF, on ham radio, I, I, I'm talking to guys in, in Africa at night. I can talk to Japan at night. Um, daytime that is so cool daytime contacts pretty much south america um, north america um, early in the morning you talk to guys in europe late at night you can talk to guys in europe so it's it's kind of you know it depends on yeah. uh, the solar activity and, and I, I had no idea that's how you that's how you skip i know i mean they used to have what skip land or yeah. skip you'd skip yeah and that's what it's doing with the solar spots or the sun yeah, spots. Yeah, so you're, basically your your signal goes out of the antenna, and as it goes up, it hits. That is like, fascinating. Like your, like your background right now, it hits the little, <laughs> the little blue well, I line. I put that up for you, you know. If you look We're at the talking blue around line, the, world. the blue line that's on your on your yeah. screen right now, that's yeah. around the light blue around the Earth. There it is the blue line right there. That's where the ionosphere the sun. is. The sun's right on the other side. Yeah, and so your your signal goes up bounces off of that and then comes back down somewhere else sometimes it hops several times it'll hit the ocean and go back up again okay all right so the signal doesn't hit a satellite it just skips right it's skipping that's on that's on hf and then there's other types like with your little handheld radio where you talk to a satellite your signal will go up you have a, a directional antenna that's pointed they they have computer software that tracks satellites right so, and you can you can get your antenna hooked up to your your tracking software, so it actually moves as the satellites traveling. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Around the world, and and yeah. so you have this little window of you know a few minutes to hit that particular satellite. Right. And you can do it with a handheld with just a, a couple of watts, and it'll go up. Wow. Talk to somebody, it repeats your signal, and there's somebody else like on the east coast trying to do the same thing, and you talk to each other. Or, and then you get like their address you become like pen pals or you if you connect with somebody yeah i mean you can do that we, we have what what we call qsl cards which is okay a little postcard you you send to the uh the guy you talk to afterwards you know if you want uh, most people do it online now but back in the old days it was like put a, a stamp on on a little card and drop it in the mail and i've got thousands yeah. of them I and did you make a lot I of friends? I got a shoebox so. filled with cards from, from all over the world. And do you stay in touch with them? The yeah. people? Some guys I'm friends with that I've yeah. been friends yeah. with for 30, 40 years on radio. The reason I I was a C, I was a CB'er, you know. Yeah. I and was I, crazy. I was the Tijuana trucker. Tijuana trucker. I was I was uh, originally I was Hudson. I I started off in like 74 when it was CB craze and I was a kid. Right. And so my dad got a license and uh cb license for me he didn't know anything was going on with it it was just like i want to be on a cb because my friends are and so <laughs> i actually got a license too yeah yeah so yeah i, I started off in 74 with the first thing i got was a little walkie-talkie 100 milliwatt walkie-talkie i couldn't talk you know three houses away with the thing right and then uh <laughs> like four watts two watts yeah and then my friends my friends were on cb when i was in junior high school and you right. i was still in elementary school uh, so i was in elementary school and, and i had a friend uh who got me into cb radio and that's actually how i kind of got into music because i was telling you about these guys 
that I, I used to go to their house and their brothers were yeah. in bands. So it was actually, that started from CB radio with me going oh, to my friend's cool. house to smoke pot and watch their <laughs> brother's bands, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still friends with all those guys. A lot of those guys. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Since uh, the, the 70s, uh, mid, early 70s. I've got friends that I talk to all the time that are still on radio that live on the East Coast that we've been friends with for a good 40 years. And, uh, and how many, no, just, I'm um, just one more technical question. How many Watts were you, are you pushing out of your hand? Um, I, well, I run, I can run uh, 1500 legally. Uh, wow. I normally okay. push, I, I probably run about a hundred Watts most of the time or less. Okay. Um, and that's legal to go up to what? 1500 legal. Watts. Yeah. I've got amplifiers. I, I can, I got a couple of amplifiers that I can run, uh, kind of a, a mid power, which is, uh, about six, five, six hundred watts. Wow, which is more than enough to get anywhere. Um, and usually, the reason I, the reason I when you're running CB radios, kind of, go ahead. Sorry, we were limited. Remember on CB radios, yeah, I had a three hundred watt. Watts. I had a three hundred watt Palomar bilinear. Remember yeah, Palomar? And nowadays, FCC is not even doing anything with those. There, everybody's running. <laughs> everybody's running at least a hundred watts on CB radio. And I've gotten back stepping on each other. Nobody could talk. <laughs> yeah, they used to it, go cut fun. their. Remember, they used to cut the coaxial. Cut cable. your coax. <laughs> put a pin. In, somebody would put a pin in it, so they wouldn't. Yeah, know. they just. No, I was. I was like in a little gang. We'd go around, drive yeah. around in the truck, and find the guy who was queuing up his music, and he was yep. like running a hundred watts. Nobody could talk. Yep. Because he that just was, keyed up his music. He says he went, <laughs> he went to bed. Like this guy's playing Led Zeppelin all night, man. Yeah, you know? that was the fun stuff. Oh, dude, we, we, we'd have a blast. I, I got back into CB radio a couple of years ago. Well, maybe longer than that, but I've, I've kind of put my ham radio on hold. I've got it all <laughs> set up and I got yeah. my back room. I've got a, a, like a little station set up and I've got ham radio on one side of the room and I got CB on the other and I'm having more fun with CB because it's, it's becoming that skip season again. And you're, you're right. guys in Florida and Hawaii every, every day. And, that's right. You could talk pretty far during skip season, right? Yeah. On yeah. the CB radio. I talked to somebody in Maine. Yeah. For like 10 seconds. I heard them. They came in. I go, and they're yelling out their call number. And I was trying to write it down. And I go, oh, man, I yeah. talked to somebody in Maine, man. Dude, it's fun. I, I have a blast. It keeps me out of trouble. Actually, I probably get into trouble, but uh, <laughs> I... You know, otherwise they'd be out somewhere. You know, CB radio and ham radio. You know, they keep me. Well, you, you know, I remember my parents would scold me. They'd say, "Go to your room." Yeah. You know, you can't come out for two days. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. I had my lollipop microphone, my D40. Yeah. D104. Yeah. I had my D104. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had, and I could whisper across the room. Hey, yeah. This is Dean. This is Tijuana Trucker. Dude, it's, it's still the same. You you have a ball getting back into it. <laughs> and I, I don't even own a 40-channel CB. I, I've got 23-channel radios from, like, back in the day. Base station or mobile? Just Both. Just a base? And I, I just I got stacks of radios that I just, uh, let's try this one out. And I, I just plug it in for the day and try another one. You, you'd have a blast. Well, I wanted to bring it up because I know you love technology. You love, you know, ham radio and CB. And yeah. I, I just yeah. wanted to hear from you. You'd have a blast. You throw an antenna on your roof and, and a CB. So can I can I get a hold of you on the ham if I fire that thing up? Yeah, 
I, I, you and I, where are you? You're right, Vegas, Las Vegas. I'm in Vegas. So, I hear like what they call short skip. Okay. Or sporadic E, E skip. So it bounces off the E layer and comes back down. Um, okay. And what about yeah. CB radio? Can I reach you on that? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. CB. We. Okay. We'd okay. probably be able to talk at some point. Oh, that's cool, man. I, I might get back into it. Throw a loll- throw a uh, <clears throat> what they call them. The big antenna on the roof. Yeah, you don't even need big antenna if you got. You don't need that anymore. Yeah. How oh, fun, man! So, out of Striper, let's get back to music. Out of yep. Striper, what have you been doing? Okay, Aldenova, just give me a run through. I didn't. I'm not going to grill you on what have you done, but so, kind of give me a little synopsis on where you at and where you going. Yeah. So, um, I think since COVID, I, I did Aldo, and then. Um, because of COVID, everything just kind of like slowed down, and then it just started getting me thinking. <clears throat> Taking care of family still. My dad's 92, and I just couldn't be out on the roads. Like they, if I went to Canada, uh, they'd want me to quarantine for two, two weeks, roughly two weeks, and uh, I couldn't be gone that long just to do like a weekend worth of work. So. I, I went back and forth for a while just trying to figure out you know if I should continue on or, or what and so I finally decided I'm gonna just stay home and uh, I'm not gonna do it anymore and uh, I told Aldo and, and uh, said I sorry dude I just you know I gotta stay home I gotta take care of my family and, and uh, yeah so that's pretty much where it's been at um, the last two years now I've been just any music that I do has been uh, just recording bass tracks. Um, but what I've really since since COVID, um, it's it's gotten me thinking about my future and just everything that's going on in the world and and uh, right. where right. where we're at. And so I you know I started off um, with Striper as wanting to be in the ministry and to tell people about the Lord and. Uh, Awesome. That, that kind of took a, a back seat, the ministry portion of it, and we became rock stars, and, and uh, right. the message and everything just kind of fizzled out. Um, so I've been... Uh, getting kind of back to your roots a little bit. I'm getting back to my roots. I'm getting back into ministry. I Christian. Yeah. Some opportunities coming up where I, I may be on staff at a church. Uh, oh, nice. So like so, a preacher? Would yeah, you be, so uh, I'm, doing... I'm thinking of... Uh, you know, I've got a ministry that I started. I, I accepted Christ when I was nine years old, so it's been 50 years. Uh, wow. So I started this ministry called Grace 50 Ministry, and it's really mm-hmm. just about God's grace in my life because it hasn't been all a bit of roses. It's been up sure. and down, valleys, you know. Divorce, I got you, man. Uh, addiction, uh, mm. alcoholism. I just, I've... We need, to get, we need to get back to that as a world. Yeah, well, um, the world, you know, pulling world's... God out of church and things like that, just not a good idea. The, there's a lot of stuff coming down. I mean, pulling God out of schools. I mean. There's there's prophecy in the Bible that talks about, you know, Lord, the Lord's returning for His church. Um, he's coming back to judge the world also, and there's going to be a period of time, what they call the seven year tribulation, where the church is going to be removed, and the church being the the Christians. The right. true, true believers in Christ 
will be removed from the world and then all hell's going to break loose because the Holy Spirit lives within the believer. That's what we, we believe. We, we're believers in Christ. The Holy Spirit, when you accept Christ, sure. comes in, fills your, your life and helps you. Uh, that's why they call him the helper. Um, at any rate, the the Holy Spirit is, is the restrainer. Um, he restrains evil. And when the Christians are taken out, the Holy Spirit will be, his hand will be removed in gotcha. that sense from the world. All hell's going to break loose. I mean, we're just starting to see tastes of it. You know, Lois talks about that almost every day. The, uh, yeah. they, they have what's coming called the New World Order. They're, they've been talking about it, Agenda 2030. Um, they, they have all these plans. Everything's in place. Um, and uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. They're, that's their, their right. motto, you know. And it's like there's a one-world communist government coming, and it's also going to be a one-world religion that's going to be attached to it, a false religion. And um, the Book of Revelation, by the time you get to Chapter 9 of the Book of Revelation, half the planet will be, uh, or half the planet, half of the population will be killed off. Wow. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be, uh, if it happened right now, roughly 4 billion people. Wow. Um, through plague. We need more love. We need more love in the world, Tim. Yeah, we need more people to... to uh, accept accept, to accept Lord, Christ. You know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, only, the only way, I mean, people, the stuff that's going on in the world, the killings and, you know, all this fighting and fighting, the, the mm-hmm. rioting and everything. Yeah. It's a godless society. We took God out. Yeah. Of, we took God out of our schools. In the early That's what 60s. I was saying. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the hippie movement come in, and the socialists and and uh, Marxist movement, and uh-huh. free love and sex, and you know. So, so we're having sex. <laughs> right. So now we have gonorrheas, and we're getting pregnant, <laughs> and so we need to abort the the uh, the mistake and make the. The baby pay for our mistakes, you know. So now right. we're killing sixty million babies, and then oh my uh, gosh. so yeah. there, there's a curse coming upon America um, yeah. because we've turned our backs on God. Right. And, um, exactly. So I mean, we don't even say the uh, a pledge allegiance to the flag in schools anymore. No, we've taken God out of you know the schools. There, there's know. violence, and it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get better through politics or you know trying no. to change the law or whatever. Uh, what we need to get back to is is God and uh, um, allowing Him to uh, change people's lives and uh, work on people. Well, you're, you're gonna you're gonna help that along by getting out there and doing your thing. You know, um, whether you do it through music. Yeah, uh, well, ministry. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing so much music anymore. You know, if I yeah. do, I, you know, if the if the door opens up to to play music or to write, you know, I've, I've written a few songs. I'm, I've been thinking of doing another solo album, but it's like, hey, I'm available. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I still play I'm, keys, guitar, and sing. <laughs> I, I'm just like, you know, I, I don't see the time frame that we that we're rushing towards what I call right. the end. I don't see right. enough time to be able for me to get out and, and do that kind of stuff. Right. Um, well, your priorities change, right? Yeah. And it's you like, know, I'm, I'm just, 60 years life. old. I'm 60 years old. I don't see myself out there headbanging. It's like, I, <laughs> right. the last 
<laughs> Excuse me. The last few years in Striper, I was like really feeling it. We get up and play, yeah. and I would, I couldn't stand. I I contracted Lyme disease in 2008, oh, no. and so Ouch. I I've been uh, my body's been deteriorating uh, because of that. Um, well, that's painful. I've had Lyme's before. Lyme arthritis. Mm, um, it's painful. Get like brain fog and and just my knees locked up. My both of my legs locked up. I couldn't walk. Yeah. Well, Man, it's tough. You know, so I, I'd be on stage and I couldn't even stand up. You know, I'd be like, and the guys would be looking at me like, you're not moving around enough. And I'm like, I'm 55 years old. I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not a headbanger anymore. Why do I have to headbang? I'd rather just... But man, you've done some serious headbanging in your time. You know, I always say I've done enough headbanging to last a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so you may be 60, man, but you've done enough headbanging to last a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, and life changes, man, and that's okay. Every you know when it when you change, you just kind of go with the with what you're feeling at the time. And the world, you know, uh, it needs people like you in it. You know, um, you know the whole evil thing and the corruption and the crime and all that. Yeah. It's just reached an all-time high. The homeless population is huge. I mean, I don't know where it, it's always been pretty bad up there by you, but it's uh, it's huge down here where I live. I go two blocks to the south, and it's just like people camped out in the parks. And oh no, you're in Phoenix. I'm right? in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. It's not so bad where I'm in. I'm closer to Henderson. Yeah. So I'm not in the city. Yeah. Well, you, I'm close to Lake a, Mead. There's a great church right by you called Sunrise Bible Church. I know exactly where it is. My brother goes there. Billy Crohn's pastor. He's he's awesome, dude. Billy Crohn's, yeah. Yeah. That's my that's my brother's pastor. That's cool. Yeah. I might I might go visit him. He I know he wants me to go go down there and check it out. So yeah, he's I might a, go down there with him. He's an old rocker dude. He played guitar and was like oh okay ex drug addict and the whole thing. But uh, he, he's a great pastor. He's okay. He's uh he's really good. Um, they have a lot of online stuff too now. They do. After COVID, yeah. everybody went online with online that. YouTube. So that's really what kind of did it for me. Is like we, we we can't go anywhere. We're stuck here because of COVID. We're locked down in a sense. So right. we started watching church, and then it was like, wow, all this stuff's happening. I, I need to get my life together. It's like <laughs> I'm just like way off base, you know, compared to how I I was when I first started off and. Well, you're happily married now. You got a great life. Um, you think you're going to stay in Phoenix? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're we're here. We've been here. My, my wife's kids live here, so mm-hmm. uh, this is where she grew up. And uh, you know, I, I can live anywhere. I've lived in L.A. I've lived in uh, uh, Nashville. I lived. In- How was Nashville? I always wanted to catch I, up with you on Nashville. I love Nashville. Other than the humidity and the mosquitoes, it's mm. it's just. It's a beautiful place. And I guess that's everybody has gone there. The, the cost of I went up to Tennessee. I was up in Clifton, Tennessee. Uh-huh. My friend bought the marina down there. Yeah. It's about four hours out of uh, Nashville. Yeah. And I landed in Nashville and I drove straight to Clifton, Tennessee. So I didn't get to spend any time. Yeah. I mean, the music scene, there's all kinds of music. Um, obviously country, but there's there's all everything you can think of. It's just... All the greatest musicians in the world have moved there, and uh, at the time, property was affordable. Now it's like gone through the roof. The house, yeah. that I, the house that I bought out there, I, I think was 
paid 186,000 for it. It's like over mm-hmm. almost 600,000 wow. right now is what it's worth. Wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> are you serious? It's like California. I mean, it's like. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we're hitting kind of a, a, a ceiling right now. Yeah. When you say it might go back down again. We might hit a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm, we're renting a house out here. We, we've been blessed to have the place we're living in because it's really under, unaffordable even to rent. I mean, uh, you, you can't. Is there a good church down there you found? Like yeah, the there Calvary? is. There, there's several. Um, but, you know, like I said, we're still doing. There's Calvary Chapel, and I always recommend Calvary Chapel. Right. Um, there's uh, really just Bible Bible believing churches, Bible teaching churches. There's, right. there's a lot of right. good ones um, that sure. are out there. But um, I, I always try to steer people away from uh, denominational, you know, mainstream mm-hmm. denominations. Yeah. Get, just yeah. get into a I, Bible. Bible I agree with you 100%. Uh-huh. And you guys used to play at Cal. I remember Calvary being kind of easy to go to. I went with some friends. Yeah, well, I, think I saw you play there once. Calvary, uh, like in the early '70s, you know, the Jesus People's Movement and all the hippies, you know, ended up becoming Christians because of Calvary Chapel, because of Chuck Smith mm-hmm. and right. a, guy, a guy named Lonnie Frisbee, who was a, a, a San Francisco hippie who. Uh, became a Christian and, and uh, just spoke to the whole generation of, of kids at the time, you know, in the early 70s. And, right. And um, that's where we got all these great Christian artists and all these people uh, that became Christians at the time. Um, there, there's like Christian artists like Larry Norman and Randy Stonehill and uh, Second Chapter of Acts, Keith Green, you know, all these these influential music groups from the early 70s uh, influenced you know helped influence what we became right you know the door was open back then for that kind of music to to exist and then when we came on the scene in 80 83 it was like well there's been 10 years of this kind of music already now we're going to take it to the next level and well there wasn't much competition if i remember correctly when striper came about no no. I don't remember any other Christian rock bands that did what you were doing. There were a few out there, but nobody had gotten any kind of success at that point. Right, um, right. So we were, we were like the ones to kind of open the door, and then there, from then on, everything kind of changed. And there's, you know, the '90s. You had all these other bands, uh, like Pod and right. Skillet, POD, and. Gosh, why can't I? There's a lot of bands. I, I can't yeah. think of their names right now. But yeah, um, and you were considered heavy metal. Would that be a category? <laughs> you, I guess. Because I mean, every time I see Stripers, it's heavy metal. But I, you know, I never thought of us metal. as heavy metal. Yeah. I thought of us as a good rock band. Sometimes we border just a good hard rock band. We borderline metal. I don't think of Van Halen as metal. Neither do I, but I think, I think Tower Rock, remember Tower Records used to have the heavy metal category. Yeah. <laughs> and I could see Metallica maybe Metallica, at the time. you know, that's that's metal. I mean, Striper wasn't metal, but... Yeah, um, yeah. And it was kind of confusing going to a Tower Records back in the 80s. That's when they tried to divide everything up. Yeah. Like you had progressive jazz, progressive rock, soft rock, medium rock, hard rock, hard rock. Heavy, metal, heavy metal, thrash, metal, grunge. Thrash, grunge. I mean, it, it was like 50 metal. categories. I yeah. couldn't even find my Ru- a Rush album. Yeah. 
Where are I'm they? looking for a Rush album. I, what do they put them under? Hard rock? Are, are they under rock? Progressive? They have the fusion. It was a fusion rock fusion? something. Or are they in yeah. the import section because they're Canadian? Right, right, right. Import. <laughs> it was just so damn confusing going to buy a record, you know, yeah. back in the 80s. And even today, I don't even know what category I fit in. Yeah. They dropped me in an indie pop category. Independent pop. And, you know, I, I like rock and roll. I have some rock and roll stuff. Yeah. But but lately I've been almost borderline country. I wrote this song called North Shore Through Nevada. Uh-huh. And I just released it about three weeks ago. And I'm listening to it going, man, I kind of sound a little bit country right there. Yeah. What's going on, you know? I love so country. I think we I just was, change as... I was uh, writing country tunes in the, like the late 80s. Or late 80s. Uh, late 90s. Um, you know who got <laughs> me turned on to country music was Billy. Billy Green. Billy did. Yeah. Uh, Billy was an influencer, man. Yeah. He lived here. He lived he lived here in Vegas for a while. Yeah. Well, he, he got me into country and then because of his background with it. And then um, I started writing in that that vein. And then uh, we moved to Nashville because of some of the songs that we were writing at the time to kind of just go out there and do that kind of thing. Um, I wrote this song. <clears throat> called there there goes my love um, with my ex-wife and it was a country song and we had won a, con- uh, a songwriting contest in LA and the the uh, judges were Kenny Chesney's uh, writers two of his writers uh, and so we won this contest there goes my love was, I wrote the hook and my wife wrote wrote the rest of it and uh, so your wife's a songwriter as well she was a songwriter yeah and so we we went to uh, Nashville and I'm driving the big rider truck with all the stuff in the back and she's behind <laughs> me and I'm turning on this, the country music radio and there's Kenny Chesney's brand new song called There Goes My Life which had the same inversion as There Goes My Love and it was just hmm. coincidence that won the contest <laughs> and his his writers were the judges but anyways uh-huh oh interesting so i wonder <laughs> were was, they allowed to <laughs> that was my my claim to fame as far as uh, writing a hit song in the country yeah can you just we're gonna have to talk to him about that yeah. and get him on the podcast get all the, one day. get all the royalties you know <laughs> Man, I've taken a lot of your time. I just wanted to talk to you. You know, I really just wanted to just chat with you. I haven't talked to you in so long. Yeah, dude. And I've, it's good to. And I don't believe anything I read. You know. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I've been googling you, going, I'm not talking to talk about that. That's just ridiculous. I don't know what you know. I don't even keep up on that. And all the all the BS went down five six years ago, and and uh, mm-hmm. I, I had death threats. I mean. Oh no. Just weird people everywhere, and, and so I just yeah, just kind of got away from it all and well, put, good, it, put it behind me, and I'm happier and in a much better place. Well, it's your life; it's nobody else's, but your life. Yeah, and you live it the way you want to live it. Yeah. You know, and be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy. Huh? <laughs> Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. You know, I've been doing some reggae. I, 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 I did some reggae stuff the other day, but I'm like, I can't sing that. <laughs> I'm looking for I'm looking for a Rastafarian now to sing the song. Yeah. 
but I'm a, I'm a white guy. You know, I'm right this freaking roster. It sounds great, but it, it, I started playing it back. I was bad boys, bad boys. What oh, you gonna yeah. do? And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. And my nephew's into you know he he writes that kind of stuff. You know, I'm like man. I, you know, so sometimes I just kind of get a little bit off the rails and I start writing stuff that's a little outside my comfort zone. Yeah. But I can write anything. You know, you put me in a recording studio, I can write anything. Yeah. And sometimes wrote, it's not even stuff. I'm like, where did that come from? I remember you coming up with some great stuff, man. Oh, man. No Stranger was a, was a big uh, challenge for me because, you, you know, you guys were teaching me all these songs. Well, Joe was. And he'd sit down with me on the couch for three hours till my fingers were bleeding yeah. playing that twelve-string guitar. Twelve-string guitar. Oh and my and God. the keyboards, man. I mean, you and the keys. You went from being a front man to to being a rhythm guitar player and keyboard player and keyboards. And I was okay with that. You know, a lot of people said, you know, you're a lead singer. What are you doing playing the instruments? Yeah. Don't don't you miss being out front? I go, no, that's Tom's job. That's yeah. Tom's lead singer. I was okay with that, um, but I wanted to sing. I still wanted to sing. Yeah. And me and Tom got—we all got to harmonize. Yeah. Me, you, and Tom. Right. Because Joe didn't. We sing. had some of the best harmonies in that band. That was. <laughs> we did have some killer harmonies. Um, uh, what's the song? Here I am again. Here I am again. That's Madeline. Song, you got to play that if you'd play any of them on, on the podcast when you. I'll tell you what. Um, well, I am going to play some on our podcast. Yeah. And I, I will play Here I, Here I Am Again. Here I Am Again. Okay. And right now I'm going to play it. Okay. Okay. Bing, bang, boom. Right. And then I would love to play uh, whatever songs you want me to play on this podcast. I'll sneak them in. Okay. You know, throughout the podcast. Did you get my... I'll find a little... Did you get the, the uh, morning news song? I, I haven't even checked my email yet. Did you okay, send I sent it twice. I sent it yesterday, and then you said this okay. morning that you wanted it again, so I, I resent it. But um, Can you send me uh, maybe one or two more that you really want me you know, want to play on the show? Yeah, I'll, I'll send a couple. It's up to you. If you, if you don't want to, that's uh, fine. But I'd love to play maybe two or three of your latest, greatest uh, songs that you wrote or that you're, you're playing bass on. Okay. I'm not real interested in playing the old Striper songs. People can find them anywhere okay, they want. So I'll send. <clears throat> but I'd like to. I'll play. see if I can find uh, the Afton Kid. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can find a song off of that too. Whatever song get? you want to play, I want to kind of go from the very beginning, kind of in the middle, and then what you're doing right now. Yeah. And then I and I'm gonna play definitely play uh, No Stranger. Cool. And uh, Tom will love to hear that. Yeah. I just talked to him, but man, it was so good having you on the show today. I think we almost went an hour after working out all the technical yeah, bro. problems I had. It's good to see you. I, I sent you my phone number. I texted you also. So Okay, cool, you, cool, you cool. Were, now I want to talk to you. You were still in my phone, so I, I had you, but I got a new <laughs> phone number. So um, anyways, you got it now. Okay, and I'll shoot you mine too, and uh, let's get together. Um, you know, we love doing a couple things. Yeah. So. I got a boat out here at Lake Mead. Love to have you guys come down and take the boat out. Yeah, dude. It's excellent. It'll be a lot of fun. But listen, I'm going to wrap it up. And, uh, of course, I'm going to be playing a song out when we uh, we finish this podcast. And you tell me, you know, what song would be the best to play out. I heard Morning News, and that would be an awesome introduction song. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's the song I use for my that I'm using on my podcast. I haven't aired anything yet, but it's, oh, you know, maybe that's where I heard it. You yeah. sure you haven't aired it? I play it a lot on my Facebook page, but um, okay, I, okay, I heard I it somewhere. I uh, when I when I did the album, I was thinking that it's going to be the song that I do a video for if I do one, and um, never materialized, of course. But um, <laughs> but I always like that song just for. You know, it kind of kicks, you know, kicks into gear pretty fast, and it's a good intro song for for the video. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Man, it just grooves right from the beginning. It just grooves, man. It's an awesome tune. So, um, yeah, I'm using. Man, Um, I've got uh, uh, my Grace Fifty Ministry, which is going to be the main focal point. Um, Then I've got a couple of podcast shows that I'm going to be doing through that um which is one's going to be the morning news podcast which is going to feature that song and then um i'm doing another one uh podcast uh, called taco tuesdays which is um not taco as in a taco that you eat but uh, <laughs> the greek word talk taco greek is uh for tachometer where we get the word tachometer and oh okay like a revving we're, we're getting yeah. ready to red yeah, yeah. redline. So as the as things progress in the world, we're we're revving up for Christ's return, and that's going to gotcha. Taco Tuesday. So I'm That'll basically cool, a man. news show. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to do the latest uh, prophetic news segments and just kind of put everything together. So, anyways, that's, we'll get that thing fired up and get it rolling, Tim. Yeah, you're going to be great at it. Yeah. And listen, it's great talking to you. You too, brother. And uh, let's stay in touch, okay? Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to call Tom. We missed Tom today, Tom Hardy. Yeah, Um, man. He had to go do something. I I want to talk to Tom, too. I haven't talked to him. I'd love to do another podcast if I could get even Tom and Joe. Maybe we could all three talk. And then you could promote what you got going on as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and also for everyone that's listening to the podcast, that was Timmy Gaines. Timothy Gaines. Is that what you call yourself, Timothy or Timmy? I go by whatever. Tim, <laughs> Timmy. All right. Everybody the legendary used to bass player, formerly of Striper, but we're going to talk about his new stuff now. So, um, so be listening for Tim Gaines. Uh, Breakfast at Timothy's. Yeah. I went on there the other day, and he's got where you can buy his CD on there. There'll be a link at the bottom of this podcast. Go buy that CD and whatever else Timmy's doing now. And uh, I know I will be. Yeah, do the link for the uh, the the. Uh, download digital downloads because the physical copies are are out of print now so okay so the digital download link is what you want yeah on that yeah okay so that's all that's available but go on there and get tim's new new stuff it's really good and man he's got some killer bass lines in there going on so timmy have a great life keep doing what you're doing brother good to see you brother love you man okay take care